I'm Nina Tara, art psychotherapist, and you are listening to Courageous Arts, A Deeper Dive, episode number six, part two. I know, I know. I was really, really naughty last time, leaving you (laughs) on the edge of wondering if the banana cakes was, you know, was saved or not. But I have to tell you, yes, of course it was. And by now, by the time of hearing this episode, I'm sure it's been enjoyed and eaten and completely finished. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much for all the shares that the first episode got. Um, And please, honestly, don't forget to rate, review and share this episode too, because it really helps me reach as many people as possible um, and to normalise conversations around mental health and seeking support, because that is really my mission. Um, So welcome back to part two of my conversation with Ian. And as I said, we know the banana cake was saved. Um, and we talk more about mental health. We talk about attention. We talk about lucid dreaming and connections. Oh, gosh, so much more. I just know there's another episode waiting here somewhere to be made and recorded. And I'm sure there will be once Ian and I can get our schedules together. I'm sure there's going to be plenty more we can share. So I will leave you with this episode. Do enjoy. And again, don't forget to rate and review. And uh, don't hesitate to reach out to me if you want to join me on a podcast and share your journey. I'd love to interview you because, as I said, um, it's really important to normalise these conversations. Okay, well, I will leave you and enjoy this episode. Brilliant. Yes, we were just interrupted for some banana cake uh, saving. So <laughs> save, the, <yeah. laughs> save the banana cake. But yes, we were sort of getting back into it. And actually, I can't remember because all I can do is banana We were talking about listening and attention. And we I was listen, shocked yeah. that we only use the smaller portion of our attention when we're listening to someone. But mm. I read somewhere that we only see a small percentage no, that's not small, but I, I think it's, it's, I don't want to even quote the figure, but oh. we don't see everything that there is mm. because if it was, it'd be too much information for our brains to process. Mm. So oh. to, to be able to function, we look at the thing in front of us and we go, well, what's different? What's changing here? What do I have to focus on? Mm. And that's where, where I actually see what I'm really seeing. Everything else, the studio behind you and me over here and all the rest, I, I'm not taking in what's actually here. I'm painting it with my mind, with my memory. And I can literally miss the man in the gorilla suit walking on behind me Mm. if I'm not (laughs) focused on it. It's true. There is a famous thing on YouTube. It's it's basketball players bouncing the ball. Mm. And you're supposed to count the bounces. And when they tested people, um, people were so focused on counting the bounces that a great number of them did miss the person in the gorilla suit walking on oh, wow. the carton across the screen. You can see it for yourself and try it for yourself. Wow, I will. I might even post a link up to that yeah. <laughs> in the well, show notes. But it what is we, fa- yeah, what we found is that artists are trained to actually use a bigger band 
mm. of their attention span. Mm. So when we focus, but focus as artists, right? That grows and, and we really are seeing more of the big picture as an artist, which is another reason mm. to learn that language because mm. it trains you to broaden your, your perception mm. and you actually see more of the real world as it actually is mm. when you're drawing. Yeah, and the possibilities as well. I'm thinking about mental health as well, you know, possibilities for something. Mm -hmm. And it, it made me think when you were talking about, you know, staying focused mm -hmm. um, and how potentially that's why we struggle when we're working with uncertainty and mm -hmm. we're looking too far ahead, mm -hmm. you know, and then we can't, you know, it's too much for us to take on. So it's sure. really important about staying. Well, that's, that's in interesting. So <clears throat> looking ahead to a resolution or something that too far ahead yeah yeah right when and there's so many unknowns get there yeah i think a lot of it and now i'm stepping out of my secure ground here and mm. just weird em theories but uh, a, a lot of it is stepping away from the intangibles mm. and trying to create some sort of bridge between mm. where you are now and mm. where you want to be mm. and uh, that can be stressful if you look down and you're afraid of falling and all the usual fears mm. right that mm. actually happened to me way back when i was in high school and i was a gymnast believe it or not wow and mm. i used to do somersaults into the horse the big wooden yeah. horse yeah. i used to do somersaults over the top of that and um i was attempting a handstand before i came over to the other side and mm. for the only time in all of my gymnastic career, I'm right up in a perfect handstand. And I thought, what if I fall? And guess what? Seconds later, I crashed down into the springboard, tore my back, and all kinds oh. of terrible things happened. So moments of doubt, moments mm. of um, not being in the flow of what you're doing mm. can suddenly cause the disaster mm. because you've forgotten the big picture. You've forgotten the balance, yeah. right? But it always was there. You could always have hurt yourself. You mm -hmm. know, a moment of terrible things can happen in a moment that you never expect. Mm -hmm. But it's a little bit like being raggled in the dog's mouth. Too. Yeah. You know, after 63 years, you, it's not that you enjoy that, but you know that you're actually living. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> There's an experiencing alignment. some goods yeah. and bads, yeah. right? Yeah. If not, maybe you ought to get out more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> live life a little. Have, have a relationship. That'll teach you. <laughs> and, and actually, things are incredibly difficult right now, aren't they? When we think of like, you know, the connections yeah. that we're talking about um, yeah. and actually in such a disconnected world where, you know, we're yeah, communicating it's... through, you know, but this is great because obviously you're in a completely different part of the world, but right. um, people even local to me, you know, meeting mm. my friends like mm. this way. Um, and that, that kind of thing, you know, you're talking about your soul, the soul sketchbook, mm. about the, the bits that are missing right now in terms of smells and, and, and senses and, and actually how to create that in, in the body, book. body language. Yeah. We read so much and actually it's really wonderful that I, I don't know if we're going to be just podcasting or, or broadcasting this, but um, you are leaning against your hand right now. Mm. And that is a gift. That is a, such a gift to me because uh, we read just as much, if not more, mm. from the hands and the feet as we do from your face. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot more from the face because I, I can tell from your eyes and your lips and everything. I 
you know, what you're communicating to me, mm -hmm. but your hands tell me what you're not communicating to me. They're the subtitles. And what, I know what, a lot of it. <laughs> what are my hands of, communicating to you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> your hands are so engaged. They're oh, bringing, yeah. bringing me back to your face and they oh, hear okay. support. And, you know, if you were leaning heavily on them, it might mean I might need to say something more exciting. <laughs> right? But, <laughs> It's but the you, subtleties, know, uh, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, well, a, good, a good interviewer will yeah. accidentally knock their pencil off the table. Just mm. wait for it, right? Mm. And go down and retrieve it. And what they're really doing is looking at your feet, <laughs> right? <laughs> because if you're sitting here calm and confident and talking, you know, in your big best-selling mm. voice, mm. and then underneath your foot is doing this, yeah, vibrating yeah, up yeah. and down, that's um, that's fight or flight. Yeah, that means yeah, you're yeah. nervous as hell and you can't you wait to get out run. of here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so, you can't wait to run. Right. Plus, people will always dress up to the nines to impress, but yeah. often forget their feet. Yeah. And you can tell from the state of the shoes, particularly the soles, uh, what kind of life the person is leading. Oh, the soles of the feet and the shoes. The yeah. yeah. What what paths they've trodden. It's right. really interesting, isn't it? Mm -hmm. About. Yeah. And I think I'm I'm really missing that at the moment yes, about of course. having that, um, you know, as much as I'm sort of seeing children in therapy, mm -hmm. um, it's the adults as well. I'm missing those right. nuances. And, yes, and, and you know, kids yeah. so especially who grow up not just needing it, but their brains won't develop no. correctly without that contact. So yeah. yes, it's really important. So one thing is at some point during a, a Zoom cast like this, stand back. Let the person see your body language. Oh. Talk back here. You know, actually, I often do that. Yeah, I, yeah, I think it's do important. that with children. I'll show yeah. them my feet. And <laughs> yes, <laughs> because it's, otherwise I'm a disembodied human being, and right? you know, I had to yeah. make those connections. That's um, right. It's Absolutely, really, really important. And, and teach them body language, oh. even from a, a young age. It's really fun if they know to look carefully at your eyes. Mm. Did you look? Did you get, mm. Oh, that means that you have two thoughts going on in there. You stopped yeah. one and started another. Uh -huh. Oh, and you're back, right? And they can actually learn to um, decode mm. human behavior. Even you know, I started when I was very, very young because I wanted to start a secret service. Mm. It was important to my secret agents to know what people were thinking. <laughs> so I studied body language and martial arts and things from a book so I could teach my agents and all that stuff. <laughs> right? <Wow. laughs> but, but the body language never left me. Right, mm. that you've really—it's amazing to me how much we say to each other mm. and don't Without. know that we're saying it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The non-verbal um, cues that we can give each other are so powerful, aren't they? And as you said, yeah. they can be quite triggering as well. Right. Um, right. And that's a part of what we need to realize when we are talking in social media yeah. that we are only using a little part of the instruments that we're playing mm, with, mm, right? Mm. That we're missing this whole swath and that's okay. Mm. Every instrument only plays a certain range and in yeah. a certain key, but you, you want to um, know what you can do instead, mm. right? What comes back in that you have to be mindful of and have to really emphasize. Mm. And that's what I'm saying, um, ways of talking. Mm. ways of listening ways of having an argument mm. it might it will feel artificial at first like mm. learning anything feels artificial until mm. you learned it mm. i was actually 40 when i learned to drive oh wow <laughs> and uh i i remember being in the car and there's a wheel 
and there's a couple of pedals and there's sticks and things and, and you're supposed to be coordinating between all of those and I was a drummer so I kind of got that down but oh my god I'm supposed to be looking out here with that windscreen at the road and that ah! I couldn't figure out how to do all that stuff and then you know one day not too long it suddenly goes into one activity mm. called driving mm. and you never think really too much about the stuff you're doing in the car with the wheel and the stick. You're out there on the road with your imagination, drawing an invisible line that mm. you then make the car follow. Yeah. yeah. And that is 100% what it feels like to draw. Yeah. You imagine in your head where your pencil's going and you make the pencil follow it. Mm. Right? If they had just told me it was like drawing, I would have driven at 16. <laughs> You would have been driving, driving with the three. Yes. And it has the same effect too. You yeah. can be driving for hours and mm. it feels like seconds and you can't believe I'm here already. Mm. Well, that's drawing. You can be up there and, and drawing away and suddenly wondering what that little pain in your stomach is and realize I haven't eaten today. <laughs> I haven't eaten for two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. That's right. Or, or you sit there contorted. Yeah. Sometimes, depending on what I'm drawing, and again, it's a performance, so you really mm. physically mm. respond, I will cross my legs, mm. and I'll lean forward against those legs and stick mm. them into my abdomen and push, because then you're a solid base, mm. and, and draw that way for 18 hours. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> really you're <painful>. a wreck. <laughs> so you, you live your art. <laughs> you got to become... But you do when you're sleeping too, right? You, you kind of go yeah. over onto one side um, yeah. and the pressure, sometimes the tickly mm. cover that came down and is rubbing against your thing, it doesn't register through on your subconscious as a tickly cover necessarily. Mm. It will be a certain feeling that you then bring into the dream as a character. Mm. Right. Yeah, we should do a whole separate podcast on dreams. I think oh, yes, please. So yes, please. Cool. Because well, I lucid dream, and, and that's been a huge help to me in all kinds of things. Save my life. Well. Yeah, we should definitely, and I think we okay. should definitely do that, because I think that that, that language on its own, the, the dreaming, is yeah. so powerful. Um, oh, it's, you it's, it's your gift. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's like fear. Yeah. Fear is a gift because it tells you pay attention. Yeah. Right. And your dream is a gift because it says, here's what you're interested in. Here's what mm. you're worried about. Here's your. Mm, mm. And if you know how to interpret that and, you know, you have a dream where your, your father was mean to you, but that's not your father. Mm. That's you. Mm. You put on the father costume to tell yourself something. And that's why lucid dreaming comes in handy is if you can be conscious when you're asleep, mm. it, it doesn't matter if you can't, you can do it when you're awake later too. But if you do it when you're asleep, you can actually, for me, it's little zombie children that want to eat my eyes. Mm. Oh my gosh. And I used, to, yeah. I used to be terrified of them. But now, because I can be conscious in my dreams, <laughs> I let them come and I go, wait, 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 before you eat my eyes, <laughs> I know who you are. And they usually stop for a second and, and go, no. You're my, no, they don't. You're my inner child, aren't you? Oh, wow. <laughs> I've been paying attention to you. Oh, and wow. Some of them start to cry. Some of them look really angry. And I go, well, I'll tell you what, you can eat my eyes. But before you do, tell me what it is mm. that I forgot to do. What did I promise you when you were, you know, when mm. I was your age, mm. that I didn't do for you now when I'm grown up? Mm. And I promise 
I will do it first thing in the morning. Oh. And I have sat down with those children on my knees, the zombie children. They never stop mm. being zombies. And they've told me their stories. They've told me what was I forgot, all that kind of stuff. And in the morning, if I do it, they never come back. That's a really, really powerful um, sort of way to do the self-care. and to really kind of as you said that inner child work which often can be a really conflicting thing when we talk to adults and when adults think about inner child I'm not a child and actually there is that part of us that is you know that's hurt and is needing validating and to have that space to validate your own child is just a metaphor yeah absolutely so children powerful I think it's very important every once in a while to give yourself a hug inside yeah yeah right not wait Absolutely. for other people to give you that yeah. that uh, reminder that you're loved and yeah. that you're important yeah you can do it for yourself and you know it's it's uh, very empowering to just go hey kid it did good today yeah right Absolutely. you didn't accomplish anything you want to do but <laughs> you didn't give up and even yeah. if you gave up you go hey it's okay you got tomorrow yeah you know? absolutely i think the the more more recently um I was reading a book Untamed by Glennon Doyle and you know she talks about you know um, this is hard but we can do hard things that's a good one yeah I often remind myself um, that you know if everything has gone belly up that is okay I can do hard things and it's like again like you said it's that validation that we often forget to give ourselves because we can be so busy judging ourselves for getting something wrong or you know and whatever it is and creating more turmoil for ourselves and actually the judging and the being hard in the right place it's all useful Mm. we were really amazing machines and again Mm. machines in the very best of all senses you know life being a machine Um, and when something goes off when you get sick, mm. when, when you lose a, an ability, mm-hmm. um, the machine can go haywire. Mm. Well, all it's doing is struggling to find its balance again, mm. struggling to quickly reroute and actually work. And it doesn't always reroute right. And it doesn't always, in, right being an effective way, it isn't effective the way it sometimes puts itself back together. And yeah, it needs yeah. some help. You need yeah. to go and get some <clears throat> mechanics to come and see to the parts and so on. And yeah. I, I think it's, um, it's really important to do work, mm-hmm. however you do it, whether it's through meditation or art or therapy or whatever. It's really important to learn the controls inside you. Yeah. To not be worried if, if life is a demolition derby and bits keep falling off, right? Because that's what life does. Because mm-hmm. new bits also grow, not the yeah. same ones, but yeah. new ones. Yeah. And Life is about enjoying what you got, right? And, and you know, I, I'm very lucky. I've lost a sight in one eye, but I have all four limbs, and I, mm. I'm generally pretty healthy and all the rest. And that's a miracle compared to people who are paralyzed and can't mm. move and mm. so on. And yet, I've seen the most amazing, heroic things by people who are in that state. I was um, doing some art with children in a, in a hospital, and it was a they're very serious patients. One child was paralyzed from the neck down, could only move their eyes. Mm. And there was a piece of software that allowed them to paint with their eyes. Wow. And she did the most amazing abstract painting, but 
just mm. exquisite, exquisite mm. colors and shapes interlocking and all the rest mm. with her eyes. So, you know, use what you've got, I guess. Yeah. And I think, said than done. But. Yeah. It is easier said than done. But I think, as you said about the curiosity, that can automatically open up possibilities, you know, yeah. just being curious. Yeah. I'm going to um, ask you, Ian, uh, with something I ask people is about their favorite quotes. Because for me, it's, it's like a, a little bit of a shelf, you know, something yeah. that, as you said, gives you a warm hug. Yes. And on the days that I'm struggling or whatever it is, there'll be mm. something that I kind of find. And um, it will just give me that little bit of a bolster that I ah, need. And ah. I wondered if you had any quotes that you Oh, had. are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> you can see the bookshelves behind me. Well, that's my head. <laughs> I've got that many quotes and they all pop out. Um, some from profound sources, some from less profound sources. Um, <laughs> You cannot harm me if I have wings of steel. Yes. That's <laughs> up, up and away. <laughs> All those things. Those have as much meaning for me as, as yeah. a quote from Ursula Le Guin, which I love because it reminds me I can conquer things. Um, and she, I think she said, uh, no walls are so high and impenetrable as the ones we build for ourselves. Oh, no walls are so high. So high and impenetrable as the ones we build for ourselves. But that means, of course, that we can build doors. Yeah. We can remove walls. Because if we created them, we can take them away and put something else in its place or nothing in its place. Yeah. Right? So I just, there's, there's two minds to me, right, in life. There's the character that you play, hmm. which we are great actors, all of us. And so we feel them very deeply. And when we're supposed to be despairing, by God, we all win Oscars. But we're also the authors of how that character feels and responds. Mm. And if you can step back every mm. once in a while to the author's perspective and really just admire mm. the opportunity in front of this character to respond in any infinite numbers of ways and help guide it from there as opposed to wanting an outcome and then go back in and see how the character plays that part. Mm. Um, it, can, it can save your life, I think. In you've described how art therapy works really well. <laughs> That's really literally what it is, you know, externalizing something, looking at it from a different mm -hmm. perspective, and then being able to equip yourself with tools to go back in. There you go. You've really described exactly, you know, the, the kind of way art therapy works, well, and it's so powerful. I've been very lucky, very, yeah. very lucky that art was just, yeah. was always a thing. Right? Yeah. And, um, and it has taught me, every, if I keep saying to everybody, everything good I know about life uh, mm. came from drawing. Mm. Everything. Um, and also, I will caveat that now. It has also come from all the beautiful, wonderful friends I've had. Mm. I think I'm the sum of a lot of, all, all the bad stuff's mine, definitely. But all the good stuff came from the beautiful people I knew who helped teach me all sorts of things. Um, I remember uh, a good mutual friend of ours once took me to task for always saying no when I started a sentence. I didn't even know I was doing that. I meant it as a comma mm. between what you were saying and what I was saying. And I didn't realize that the person took that as what you are saying is invalid or, in, mm. you know, or mm. useless. Here's the answer. I didn't realize it meant that. So all I had to do was cut that word out. Yeah. But it's like any bad habit, of course. You do it because you do it. And so it took 
effort and it took a while, but now mm-hmm. it's gone and I love it. Yeah. It's really helped. But now I see lots of other people doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Mm. And one of the things I kind of noticed is when we first started talking and you, you were talking about, you know, I don't know what others are, but I, mm. you owned I. And I think mm. um, I personally myself used to struggle with owning something. So I would say we, or, you know, when you, meaning mm. myself. And I think right. that's also something that people struggle with about ownership of something. You know, I, I have, well, I have a difficulty in staying on topic sometimes because everything's so fascinating. <laughs> it's that curiosity. <laughs> it is. But I'll try to remember these two thoughts at the same time. In a, in a recent interview, someone asked me to, um, they were going to play a song rather mm. than introduce me. Right? And this song defined you. So when people talk to you, they've already got a flavor of who you are. Impossible. Hardest job in the world. <laughs> Because there's all these Ian McKegs inside and they all have their own theme songs. It was really hard to choose just one. Um, So uh, now what was the other point we were saying there? Uh, Ownership, owning something. Oh, yes. So thank you. (laughs) I think that's part of being an art therapist is actually having a memory. (laughs) It doesn't always work, but I do try. Good. Yes. So I have this habit still, just like back when I used to say no, of, uh, of slipping into um, referring to myself as you mm-hmm. and having conversations. Mm. So, oh, you messed that up, you idiot, you know? Um, and then, oh, but I, and then I'll respond like, yeah, but I didn't know. Oh, yes, you did. <laughs> <laughs> and I have to force myself to stop and go, Hello, who are you talking to? <laughs> I'm talking use, to me. Use I. Yeah. And actually, it totally changes when you say, Oh, I just messed up, didn't I? Yeah. But then you, really you laugh and give yourself a hug and go, Well, let's not do it again. Yeah, it really is very powerful, isn't it? Validating it really yourself and owning uh, absolutely. something. Yeah. Is- but, but again, it can become a habit and become yeah. a comfort yeah. because if you messed up, Obviously, I didn't. Yeah, absolutely. And whoever yeah. you are, it's clearly your fault, not mine. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Externalizing it that way. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. <laughs> um, oh, thank you for that quote, Ian. I'll put that up in the show notes. And, and okay. now we're coming to the quick fire round. Woohoo! All right. Um, and it always, I always say quick fire, but it, actually we end up having more conversations. <laughs> so it won't really matter. So texting or talking, Ian? Talking. Talking, of course. Talking. And do you, do you have a favorite color? Yes, blue. Blue. And not only is it my favorite color, but I, I do uh, the inner visualizing healing. It wasn't thought of yeah. as that. Like, yeah. I, this is when I was 14. I read Dune and the Benny Jesuit did all these incredible things with their minds. I thought, oh, I want to do incredible things with my mind. What could <laughs> I do? And that's when I started loose and dreaming. And that's when I started doing this checking with mm. my body. I would fall into my own body um, and just roam around and go, what's wrong? What's wrong? You know, oh, you're working well. Well done. Give that little part a hug. And then, oh, red. There's red beaming down here. I need to go fix it. And I would go down and I would beam blue light at it. And it would go away. And I've actually been able to heal all kinds of things inside me, whether it's imaginary or not. Placebo effects are real. Yeah, absolutely. And very powerful. Yeah. And so, yeah. 
I can't heal everything. I doubt very much I could heal COVID, but I would sure try, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I know when I had my heart attack, that was mm. one of the things I do. I could go inside and I could try and help them and fix things in there. Mm. Um, and people have always said I've recovered very fast from things. Mm. Um, and like I say, I don't usually get sick. Mm. So I, I put a part of it on that. Yeah. Visualization is so powerful. Oh my gosh. It's self-hypnosis. It's all yeah. kinds of things. Yeah. And but that just gives you your hands on the controls, right? Yeah. Yeah. So suddenly now things that are going on all the time, mm. you subconsciously automatically takes care of these things Mm. but you can also make that conscious Mm. yeah i love that don't mess it up (laughs) yeah it's actually one of the things that i do quite a lot as well so it's nice Mm -hmm. hearing somebody else will say that you know because i do that visualization when i check in and i i've got like a white beam of light coming through and we're having a bit of a cleansing and grounding myself so yeah that's really really it's um really good to really hear important. and and this this part probably is complete non-science but i find i can do that sometimes for other people mm-hmm. you know i can i can fall and i can go what i think is inside them right mm-hmm. obviously not but but being in the same space with them i think your empathy can allow you to feel a little more deeply what that person's feeling mm-hmm. some people just natural empaths like that yeah, yeah. and if you then use that blue energy or whatever that color is for that person, um, I think just your calmness or your whatever it is that you're emanating as a human being mm. can impact another yeah. person. Absolutely. And so, yeah, yeah in some effect, it does yeah, absolutely. heal them too. Right? Yeah, and that's like Reiki and all the other totally. kind of healing energies, which are really, really absolutely. powerful. And I'm absolutely. hoping to, to be able to bring that to the podcast as well. Oh, how point. nice. Yes. Yeah. yeah no, I think it's, impo- yeah, it's important to bring in all sorts of things because it's a mind and body thing. It is. So last book you bought or downloaded? Oh, my. Um, last book I bought or downloaded. If what I'm actually trying to do today is read back through all the books on those shelves. Mm. I realized, well, they're there and haven't been loved in decades. So mm. I want to go back and now I'm rereading everything, everything Ray Bradbury. So Ray. I don't know if it, it counts, but I, um, I oh. am reading the, is it October Country? Mm. I think I'm reading right now. I just finished The Illustrated Man. Um, I'm rereading Something Wicked This Way Comes. Oh. Um, so really, it's for me, it's not so much going out and buying new things mm-hmm. as rereading the old ones I have. I have a collection yeah. of short stories by an author that nobody remembers these days, except Neil Gaiman and a few other people, um, called John Collier. Mm-hmm. He was one of the greatest short story writers that ever lived. Wicked sense of humor. Mm. You know, and he absolutely, you could tell he loved human beings, but he knew we were all hopelessly flawed. <laughs> and so stories are just delightful and and strange and kind of gave help give birth to the twilight zone oh, there's wow. a lot of that flavor in it too but these mm. are from quite a while back i think he won i think he won an oscar or was nominated an oscar for his work on the african queen so he oh, eventually wow. became a screenwriter and that was kind of the end of his short story career which is a little sad because the yeah. like, short stories are really something oh, but wow. i have one of the only collections you can still buy on his work mm. called uh, is it dreams and fancies and um i read those like Every night, I will always mm-hmm. read one of those stories. And yeah. Ray Bradbury was hugely inspired by him too, so it was a connection. Yeah. I went through a period where I was reading all of Margaret Atwood's mm-hmm. books. And um, needless to say, uh, Ursula Le Guin, I adore her work as well. 
Um, these days I'm trying to write, uh, find people who write funny. Mm. Not so easy to find. Yeah. You know, ones that really give you a belly laugh when you yeah. read it and then take it apart and go, why did I laugh? Yeah. It's delightful to read it again, try and figure it out and you find yourself laughing even harder. <laughs> yeah, you discover something new in it. Oh my gosh. And <laughs> I, a lot of it has to do with what Mishi and I, it's my daughter again, Mishi and I, uh, she's, she and my son, Inigo, are the ones I always run my stories past, always. So we talk about the mechanics of story and we'll pause a film after 30 minutes and see if we can guess the next part, <laughs> right? See, and see if the first part gave us the tools to figure out. To guess, next. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so Mishi summarized story writing as one plus one equals banana. <laughs> and it does. It yeah. has to be something unexpected, <laughs> delightful, bizarre. And the story, it, by the time you're finished, you understand why it equals banana. <laughs> and that's such a mishy thing to say as well. Can you imagine her being? <laughs> but it's, my, it's, my ma- it's my mantra. <laughs> one plus one must equal banana. And she said yesterday, I am the banana in the equation. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, mishy. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> oh, Ian, uh, would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Oh, every language in the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I love talking to animals, but people, they're my favorite <laughs> fantasy creatures. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You're also, love- there's so many words that yeah. only exist in certain languages. And so can you imagine if you knew them all? Yeah. And you actually had words for things that are so fleeting or so taken for granted that we don't give them words, and yet they're very powerful and important. Mm. No, I'd love to know that. Yeah. Oh, that's rich. Uh, okay, fill in the blank. My superpower is? Oh, healing. Healing. Yes. I like to, if I, if I could have one, that mm. would be it. I'd love to be able to walk around and just take everything bad mm. away from people. Like mm. take, take the pain away, give them back the things they've lost, all that stuff. And, but they would have to not know that I did it. Because otherwise, there's a cult of the, you know, the savior, a cult of the person who can do this. And that's not what it's about. It's really what about, you know, yeah. no, just feel better. Oh. And in <laughs> fact, in many ways, your, um, your sketchbook, your soul sketchbook oh. is a little bit like that, isn't it? Sure. Isn't that, yeah. That it kind is. of inner journey that yes. somebody can do for their own healing. Here's the thing. And actually, you, you know that too. The only real healing a person can have is the stuff they do for themselves. Yeah. But you can be guided and be yeah. given tools and so on. So maybe yeah. that's what I mean. My superpower is to give the tools for people to heal themselves. Yes. Wonderful. Oh, wonderful, Ian. Um, and slippers or cozy socks? Neither. I like bare no. feet. <laughs> you like bare feet. You like to be oh, grounded. <laughs> I do. I love the feeling of a cold floor in your toes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. There's a friend of mine a long time ago used to not be able to go to sleep without wet feet. Oh. I thought that was one of the strangest things that she would always like sprinkle water on her toes before yeah. she went to bed and so on. Yeah. But no, I, I get it. We all have our thing that grounds us, yeah. right? That makes us feel really comfortable. So yeah. um, I, I do wear socks and I do have moccasins that I will wear, have worn right through right now. But generally, I prefer like just to have my feet contacting the ground. 
Yeah, there is a grounding element, especially in the summer, I think. Oh, especially. Why would you wear shoes in the summer? Yeah, barefoot in the grass. Tennis shoes and you're out running somewhere. (laughs) Yes. Or you're driving a car. (laughs) I don't know. Please be safe. Barefoot driving a car. We have to add the caveat, please be safe. (laughs) Please be safe and do not do this at home. (laughs) Do not try this at home. (laughs) I would hate to think. So, Ian, where can people find you if they want to get in touch? Oh, my. Well, here's the thing. I am very outspoken about art and, and uh, life. I love sharing. I love people with a passion. Um, I'm actually very private, believe it or not. And why not? I'm yeah. shocked to hear that. But <laughs> I, I like to share the stuff I share. Yeah. And then the rest of it is actually kind of just for my family or mm. just for me. And so I don't actually do a lot of social media. Um, I don't put my work out there that way. I prefer to put them in books. Mm-hmm. Or I prefer that you go watch a film that I've made or a story I've written and, and be surprised. Because otherwise it's, it's too much like coming into the dressing room while the magician's putting the rabbit in the hat. Prepping. Ra- Let's the trick down. I knew there was a rabbit in there. Now, if you put the let them see you put the rabbit in, you pull a dinosaur out. That's okay, because or a banana. Well, I should put so, some links up to your your Shadowline book and some of the work. Well, we're we're just starting to revise that, so the new it's it's out of print right now. So okay. the new edition will be coming out sometime soon. Okay. I have a a new book coming out very soon through a group called Art Station. Mm-hmm. A wonderful um, group up in Canada that help promote artists and their work and so on. Um, it'll be called Once Upon a Time in the Sketchbook. So you can look for that, look on ArtStation. And then I have a set of uh, videos that are they're called the, oh. it's part of a workout series. Uh, and this is with a group called Schoolism. Again, another Canadian group run by Bobby Chu. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a bunch of artists. We each have things we do in the morning to get up to speed, you know, <laughs> to get to that Olympic grade. What do you do? Well, I do my push-ups. Well, here's, my, here's my art push-ups. And it's 20-odd things you can do with a pencil that gets you excited and loving drawing again. And, and it's not really meant to uh, train you uh, in the way that let's learn perspective today and mm-hmm. ooh, the energy. Mm-hmm. So it all is training you, but I don't want you to think I'm training you. I want you to think I'm playing games with you because mm. then it's fun. That's when you learn. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. That's how we learned to walk like, and talk. Was, yeah. It was a game. And yeah. then when we realized how important it was and fun to be able to do that, then we learned how to properly run and how to mm-hmm. properly speak mm-hmm. and so on. So this is like the early part of that. Let's have fun with the pencil. And psst, I'll also teach you how to be a better artist. But yeah. don't, tell anyone. don't tell anyone. Brilliant. So I'll that's on schoolism. And then I'm right after this, I'm going back to recording four new Noman DVDs for the Noman Workshop. And that's on creativity. And I think that will come out hopefully sometime next year. Noman were one of the very first online schools. Um, specifically, they teach artists for visual effects and uh, the film and entertainment industry. Um, What I love about Noman is that it's like the matrix, Mm. brain dump. And you're all busy. Most of you are grownups and stuff like that with full-time jobs. You don't have time to go to school, but you never learned blank, whatever it is. And you go and they have all these wonderful videos and you just plug them into the back of your neck within a very short space of time. 
you can do it. Whatever wow. it is, you can do it. Wow. Which reminds me of learning to draw dinosaurs the way I did or Frankenstein monster, yeah. or any of those things. You just yeah. learn that and become yeah. good at that. Yeah. And you know, if you do that while you're working and you learn enough of them, you can start to fill in the gaps. Mm, mm. So no one is all about that. And I have four DVDs there now from the last 20 years or more on visual storytelling. And so um, this is a companion set of four on creativity. Brilliant. Because the most important, not important, but the most regular question I get is mm. where do you get your ideas from? Mm. Right. And, and I'm tired of saying Costco or, you know, <laughs> smart ass answer like that. I, I thought I'd really show people, well, here, here they are. Yeah. Let's find, let's find 101 right now. Yeah. So there's really. plenty of resources. So I can be, uh, put those up in there. There's the, a lot. And those room. I do like sharing and those I do want out there. I Absolutely. do have, there's a uh, site run by a good friend of mine, JJ Torres, who uh, runs the art of Ian McKaig on Facebook. The caveat to JJ was that the site must always be about art and not yeah. about Ian McKay. Because I do worry a lot mm. about the cult of celebrity. Mm. Um, I only have a you know small portion of it compared with many. But um, I, what I found is that when people write you and say, oh, I so love it. I could never be you, but oh, you, you changed my life. And so it's like, what are you talking about? Of course you, you can't ever be me because you're you, but you will always be you. And mm. you as wonderful, as wonderful as me. Yeah. If you, if you say that you'll never learn to do something as good as this person, you yeah. now put them up on a pedestal and it yeah. makes them feel very lonely. And you've just made an excuse not to do it. Yeah. Yeah. All it is. So I don't want ever to, people to think that Ian McKig is anything more special than they are and that they can't have the ability to tell stories and draw pictures as, you know, craft-wise as mm. well as I can and mm. better. Mm. And tell stories that are equally as amazing because they're equally as amazing. So yeah. the art of Ian McKig celebrates art. Brilliant. I should but put it also that tells there. what I'll be doing. Excellent. So people can keep up with um, your work that way they can keep up with when I'm giving a talk. Yeah. I don't post work in progress. I don't post sketches. I have nothing against artists that do that. I think that's a fun forum for them, but um, I'd rather pull the rabbit out of the hat so they won't see it until it's ready. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you, Ian. Thank you so You're much. So I've really enjoyed today um, and chatting with you. As I said, if this is going to sound like it's two friends chatting, it's because it is. <laughs> and we've, we've really <laughs> taken, so some, we've taken some sort of uh, interesting dives into how mental health um, works through art and how art can be a support network as well. We have indeed. Thank, thank you so you. much, Ian. It's always a delight. Oh, thank you so much, Ian. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, Ian McCaig. Go off, make us proud. Do lots of drawings. So, did you enjoy that? I did. 
Thank you so much, Ian. I know how busy you are and I know how busy you were on the day that we were talking. Um, it's a real treat for me to be able to catch up with you. Um, so let's do it again because I know we have just from that podcast we've created so many other conversations that we could be having and especially about the lucid dreaming because that really really interests me so we will I am sure book a time and there will be another podcast in the pipeline somewhere along the line with more from Ian McCaig um, so yes I as I said I hope you enjoyed that podcast please please do rate review and share because every single rating really, really makes a difference to how far the podcast goes and how many people it reaches, because I know it makes a difference. I've had some really, really lovely feedback from people, um, and it warms my heart to hear that it makes a difference to you, because really that's what I want to do. And because, you know, you're sitting behind a microphone and you're sitting in front of software <laughs> putting a podcast together and it's quite quite lonely when you don't really know what anyone thinks so please please do leave some feedback um I would really really be so grateful and if you are looking to um follow and find Ian's information they are all up in the show notes I've put a load of links up there for you so you can find more of his work And in addition, you can also follow me on Instagram on courageous underscore art underscore therapy, or you can find more of the podcasts, not only on podcasts, Spotify and all the other platforms, Apple podcasts, you can find them also on my website, www.courageousart.co.uk. Brilliant. I hope you are all keeping well and I look forward to bringing you more content and more conversation as we continue to take those deeper dives into normalising conversations around mental health and seeking support. Thank you so much for listening, guys, and I really appreciate your support. Thank you. Bye now. Bye.